take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at couplesynergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. They don't. So we created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we're talking about instant judgment. Yeah. Instant judgment. Instant. Which happens naturally. I think we were talking about this the other day, about how it just kind of happens naturally. And we were talking about it because we were in the airport. Yeah. I was sitting there by myself. A lot of people to judge in the airport. <laughs> and Well, I was noticing my thinking instantly went to that. You know, and then I tried to make it go the other way. I tried to find something positive about people. As mm-hmm. And you, you just instantly recognize the differences. And because they're different and it's something you haven't chosen, it feels like a judgment. Well, I think we should talk about... It being an instinctual function of a human being. You know, there is this instinct to scan your environment for potential threats, to look out for any danger. And that's just kind of a natural survival mechanism that we have in our brain. And so when we are in public, our brain is doing that. Mm-hmm. Right, And so there is going to be a negative slant to it because you are looking for threats. Which that energy moves so much quicker than positive things. Correct. Right. So the natural tendency is to do that, is to have this negative judgment of someone that you're seeing. And you have to actually intentionally shift it you to a try. positive thought. I think it's two different parts of us. One is very instinctual primal animal mm-hmm. and the other is spiritual kindness rising above yep. humanity it, that's what it's kind not of human instinct it's and not what comes first sure sure and and you know i think that this is an important topic or concept to really think about because how often does that play play out in our in our personal relationships I mean, if we are doing it on a on a natural basis, instinctually, with strangers, how often do we have negative thoughts or negative judgment uh, in our personal relationships? Because it would be it would come up naturally as a defense mechanism, right? And I think that when you are connected to someone and you are making those relationship deposits. It's easier to relax and look for positive things. But when you have a disconnect, 
then it's you're you're gonna you're gonna trend toward the negative. For sure. That is what Gottman calls negative sentiment override. Right. And that means that even if something is positive, you won't trust it and you'll override it as a manipulation. Like if if uh, someone brings you a gift and you're like, oh, what do they want in return? Especially if there is a distrust in the relationship mm-hmm. or maybe there has been a conflict recently. You know, it makes me think about that one study, you know, that you were talking about where uh, people from a chaotic home mm-hmm. are shown several Humble images. Conflict, yeah. And one image is a smiley face, Mm -hmm. the other is a frowny face, Mm -hmm. and then the other is just a neutral face. And that people who were raised in a conflict-filled home, they're going to see the frowny face as angry or upset. They're going to see the smiley face as happy, but the neutral face, they're still going to see that as upset and unhappy. Because if they can't read it, they're going to read into it like I should prepare myself for something bad to be happening. So if your conditioning growing up is mostly negative or from a conflict-filled home, then you're going to be more prone to have negative judgment. Correct. Especially in a intimate relationship where... There may be conflict. You might get into an argument. There's always going to be some type of conflict that erupts and comes up in a, in a personal committed relationship. But when it does happen, your, your tendency is going to be to trend more negative. The other factor is the environment, hmm. right? Because when we're in Colorado or we're on a hike and there's more open spaces and less competition, Mm-hmm. Then when you come upon a person, you're looking to engage with that person, potentially get some information about the environment. Does anyone need help? Is everyone good? You know, and that that happens pretty regularly when yeah. you're when you're on the trail or even in Colorado. If you pulled over to the side of the road, someone's going to also pull over and see if you're OK, because out there you can't rely on, you know, emergency services or things like that. Oh, no, it take hours before someone gets to you. Right, and it could be potentially life-threatening. And people are pretty cognizant of that, and they know they'd want someone to stop for them, so they're willing to stop. But when you go into Chicago, people will just honk their horn and be like, get out of my way. <laughs> so there's more of that competition for resources. There's more stress. And this is why we always are encouraging couples to go on Vacations together. Just the two of them, not family vacations. And de-stress a little bit and see if they like each other again. Because if they're caught up in all the hustle bustle and they're competing for who's getting enough sleep, Mm -hmm. right? Who's taking care of the kids? Who's taking care of the finances? Who's taking care of everything? It can be very overwhelming, especially if one person maybe has an opportunity to go golfing and someone else has to stay back and take care of everything. And then you can get a lot of resentment and anger pretty quickly. And that negative sentiment override can really take over very quickly. Now, we are in D.C. recording today. Mm-hmm. And our daughter-in-law is in the uh, audience. And she has, she, she has a question. Yeah, what, what is your question? You don't have to put it. Well, here's the question. So if 
Coming from a conflict-filled home leads to more negative judgments, especially in your personal relationships. And you already started to touch base on this. What is, how does that connect to blaming your partner and blaming yourself? Well, when, the, things, aren't when things are not right, you are gonna blame immediately your going to blame your partner. For sure. All right. So think about a, you know, a, a toddler or a little kid that maybe is kind of running across the room, trips and falls and hurts themselves. In, the, in a room with other people. In a room with other people. They're, they're going to go to their parent. They're going to kind of compose themselves. Then they're going to go to their parent and that's where they're going to lose it. And they're a lot of times what they do is they blame their parent. You know, why did you put that there or whatever? And why didn't you protect me? Why didn't you you save me? That's kind of what they're saying. But it's really a manifestation of the pain that they are experiencing Mm -hmm. on the inside. So when we experience pain and we're upset about something, the first thing we want to do is get, get rid of it, get it out of our system because it's a very uncomfortable feeling. Well, the first person that we are going to throw that at or get rid of it on onto is our close committed partner. It's just a natural reaction. So then and then if and then there's the added uh, uh, bonus of taking that and turning it around and blaming yourself as well. So I mean and I think that's kind of a manifestation of how a person grows up is that if they are constantly in a place of chaos and there isn't much control, you know, then they're going to turn that on themselves. And we have that reptilian brain that's really fast and really reactive and that's what it responds to. Mm -hmm. So we're not really thinking. And you'll see this also with people if they watch another person do something that they potentially see as like dangerous or potentially harmful. So I remember we were in Alaska and we were on one of those tram things through the forest. And they told us, you know, there's these flowers and they're very poisonous. And if you touch them, you could get a really bad rash. That's really going to be painful. Mm -hmm. And I remember someone like went to try to touch them and a stranger went, what are you doing? Are you stupid? They told us not to touch those. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't normally talk to someone like that. Mm-hmm. But she felt compelled to like, is that like try to protect the person? But it comes out as like a bark, you yeah. know, like we would like an animal, like a mother bear would snap at their cub or something like that. Because that's better to be snapped at than to be hurt. And they were two strangers. It was an interesting interaction. Right. I remember that. And it's that hindbrain that we're looking to, to sort of protect the envi- environment. Like if your child was going to run across the street, you'd scream at them. If there was a car or something, you wouldn't be like, oh, honey, don't do that. Well, we saw this, you know, in the mask mandates and COVID and everything mm-hmm. where people were you know, trying to, they're judging other people. For sure. (laughs) Right? For sure. And, you know, both ways, whether you're wearing a mask or not. And it it goes beyond just your own personal responsibility. It's like if you choose to do that, you choose to do that. But it was more than that. It was like 
I'm judging you because you're choosing to do this or do that. And you're not keeping me safe. And you're not keeping me safe. So it, it's kind of a reflection. It's not necessarily I, I care about this stranger and about whether they are safe or not. It, it is now an extension of myself. Is like if this person doesn't do this or do, does that, it doesn't. You've keep, made the environment dangerous. You've made my environment dangerous, yeah. right? And it's it's a, now an extension of my safety. And there there comes the blame. There comes the judgment, right? So it's beyond just yourself, right? And so this is that was actually a really good example of that, right? How we instantly blame, mm-hmm. yeah. One, what when we see something, especially if it is going to jeopardize our own safety, and then if somebody is contributing to that of like yelling at us or unfairly blaming us, like the child that blames their parent, I think parents don't really take that personally when their little kid comes up to them and says, I hate you, or why didn't you do this? and they're it's so illogical that it's funny. Well, it's easy. But when to our see. partner does it, right. and they're an adult, it's really that child within them that's doing it. But we look at them like they're crazy, and like they've really—it's it, so illogical. But you know, there's not much about relationship that's logical. Exactly, and when we are that close to another person. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see, you know, the rationality in it. It's hard to see that this is a wound that the other person has and it's coming up and, you know, that it, it is now permeating the relationship and you're so close to it that it, it is going to draw that out of you. And then once that hindbrain relaxes a little bit, that reactive brain calms down, then our emotional brain kicks in and is starting to process it. And that's when we start to blame ourselves. Like, what should I have done different? Or how could I have changed the outcome? And even if we can't, we'll still think like that because we're collecting data so that when we get into the situation again, we potentially will change that. And that's where the self-blame comes into play. Mm -hmm. And that'll drag out until we get distracted and something else gets our attention. You know, I, I just was thinking about you know, going from a small town, whereas where we live now, mm-hmm. to the big city or mm-hmm. DC, right? Downtown DC. And it is such a huge shift. And, you know, when judgment happens in a small town, people work through it. Correct. They they have to work through it mm-hmm. because you you can't just see this person every single day and not try to work through something, right? So we were talking about the cancel cultures the other day and how it is so much more uh, prolific. Is that the word I'm using? I don't know. It's, it's more, you know, kind of prevalent mm-hmm. in our society today, but I think it's really more prevalent in uh, areas where there's a lot more people. And it's all based on judgment. Mm-hmm. And it's all based on you believing you are correctly judging a situation and that you're on the side of the right. Well, I was going to say it's a lot easier to do that and to judge and then to cancel and cut the person off from your life than it is to work through it and try to 
find an understanding or a place of understanding. It's like that show, um, Adam Knows Everything. Is that the show, Adam? Yes. Ruins everything. Adam ruins everything. <laughs> Is that it, Angie? Adam ruins everything, right? And so he'll say, you know, you want to use um, solar panels and you want to have your house live off the sun and not have to use up, you know, fossil fuels or other kind of energy sources. But what you don't know is on the other side of that, you got to replace those batteries and those batteries are being harvested in a different part of the world that's ruining that part of the world to harvest those batteries. And then where do the batteries end up when we're done using them? So it's like, we don't know that bigger picture. So it, it sounds correct, but there's so much more to know. And I think that's why, you know, our political system has such unrest because a decision made today, which logically looks like a good choice might be a big problem down the line that if you don't have that bird's eye view, you can't see it. So it's easy to get caught up in in the small picture. And from that perspective, think you're correct. And a question uh, from the audience. Yeah, you had said something about um, if you live in like a smaller town, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably, there's a difference maybe in your judgments or at least what you express. Well, that makes sense because in D.C., if you go outside, you're interacting with a lot of people who live here, but also tons of tourists. And it's not likely that any stranger is going to impact your life. But in your small town in Colorado, there's, I would think, a greater chance that someone you interact with, even if they don't directly impact your life, they might have ties to someone else who lives on the hill or, you know, works at the place that you go to often or whatever, right? For sure. And then that risk that your life can be impacted from your behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And judgments, etc. that it's a greater risk. So you think that's why we have more of a cap? And it's easier to judge in the pond of lots of people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you think about social media think of social media as a larger community so you have like dc and you you're talking about all the people here you're talking about our small town that we live in and that's that's a small population there and then you look at social media which is like this huge population of people and as you get in in larger groups judgment flows so much faster and there's judgment everywhere, and there's no consequence for any of that judgment. You know, you're talking about, you know, the consequence here in D.C., someone on the street, you judge them. There's no consequence for that. You know, in a larger scale, social media, there's no consequence at all. So people are throwing out judgments that they wouldn't even give to someone on the street in person. You know, and versus the small town where if you made that judgment and said something out loud like that, the ramifications of that would be much greater. Reminds me of the concept of a just world. So a just world is the concept that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. And it's not true, of course, but when you are in a largely populated area, you divvy people up like that. Well, those people over there that chose that are going to have the consequence of that. But if I'm not choosing that, I don't have the consequence of that. 
And so you can easily distance yourself both mentally and physically and emotionally from those things. Mm -hmm. But we had a situation last year where a restaurant we would go to, the owner and chef died. Mm -hmm. And so we lost one of three restaurants in our town because this guy wasn't there. And it would be easy in a big city to be like, oh, he didn't take care of himself or he didn't do this or he didn't do that. But in a small town, you go, that could be me. Mm-hmm. That could be me. Things happen. Things happen we don't have control over. And so how are we as a, a, a group going to respond to that? And that's true of everything. And even like on the Hill, if someone's doing something that we disagree with, you pretty much keep your mouth shut because you don't know the outcome and you would help if it went in a bad way and they asked for your help, right? Because you're you're connected. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want people telling you what to do and you don't want people distancing themselves from you if you need them. So you're much more, the, the boundaries are much more defined. Even if it's someone that you're friendly with, if you disagree with something they're doing, you just sort of let them have live their own life the way they want to. And I would say, as a consequence, you do have to care about what people think about you then. I, I for sure do. I don't want people to be upset or offended if I'm doing something that's going to impact them. Right. You know, like there's there's a neighbor that has a big spotlight, and we live in a place with dark skies. And his light goes into people's homes and they can't sleep and he doesn't care. And mm-hmm. that's that's a big sad thing for our neighbors and it sounds kind of silly, but it's a it causes harm or pain to some people. We don't see it, so it's not so bad for us, but you could see why this person who doesn't care, mm-hmm. and he knows everyone's confronted him, and he simply doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Which is, you have to do that looking in someone's eyeballs. Where, you know, on the contrary, you look at the flip side and, you know, when you are in a larger community, you're you're encouraged not to care about what people think about you. I think it's also survival. You shouldn't goodness. care about what people think about you. You, yeah. you do you. You do you. <laughs> you need to be who you are and you, you, you shouldn't, you know, be... Uh, swayed by the judgment of other people right because it is don't be small because in that way it is a survival technique because you are in such a large group of people you know you shouldn't allow other people's judgment to impact your life but when you're in a small community it's different you know a person's judgment does impact your life you know how you behave impacts other people in that community too so you know, I, I this is this is an interesting discussion here because I think that you know we're talking about government, we're talking about you know politicians trying to make decisions for the entire country, but decisions that are made for a larger city are going to be very different and it's going to impact smaller communities and rural areas, and you can't just blanket make a judgment that is going going to uh, affect everyone the same. Right. And it's 
it's a lens perspective. You know, that's even happening out by us where they don't want to build any more wells. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, yeah. Right. And there's people that live so remotely, they don't really have an option. Mm-hmm. And they don't know the impact of what that will do. But their thinking is we're getting overpopulated, so we're going to cut down on the people migrating into Colorado if we don't allow any more building. But it also impacts people who already live there. Mm-hmm. And on one side, it makes sense and is logical. The other side, it really doesn't. And when you compete for natural resources, it, you know, if, if you're a mother and you have a baby and there's seven babies in one bottle, you're not going to be like, oh, okay, you have it. You're going you're gonna to want it. You're going to take it. And that's survival stuff. And so when you live with a lot more people, it feels so much more justifiable to be attention-seeking and make sure your needs are getting met and being selfish. As opposed to, you know, there's plenty to go around. How do we make sure we take care of everybody if you're living in a place where it's easier to do that? And then you can... Maybe, maybe it's a luxury. Maybe common courtesy is a luxury. Maybe caring about other people is a luxury. So, you know, in talking about this, this overall topic about judgment, I think that we've identified that it is a uh, necessity. It's instinctual necessity that we all have. And maybe the, the important point here is becoming aware of it understanding the function of it, understanding intention behind it, and also pushing towards understanding, right? In our field, one of the things that is important is that, you know, a couple cannot resolve a conflict unless they can clearly state their partner's opinion, their partner's stance perspective. and perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, and that takes a level of understanding of your partner's perspective, whether you agree with it or not, in order to resolve that conflict. And if you stay in judgment or judgment of your partner, you're never going to get to that place of understanding. It's interesting because most people want to be understood. Mm -hmm. They don't want to do the understanding piece, which is what they have power over. They say, no, you should understand what it feels like to be me. And unfortunately, that's just a position of powerlessness that we really can't have that perspective. I was reading this book where a woman lost her child. And that's a perspective that I don't think you can possibly put yourself in someone's shoes like that if you haven't been there. And yet, I'm sure she really wanted to be understood as a mother who lost a child. It's just... almost impossible. And I I think that would be true of, you know, how, how would a man really understand a woman or a woman, a man or different races or different uh, ways of being in the world. And so that's the thing is like, you should understand me, which we could try. Right. But I think what is better to try is to understand someone else. How could I understand you? And so on a large scale, that's very difficult, but in your home, you have the greatest opportunity to really understand, offer understanding of your partner and what they're experiencing and 
slow it down and give yourself some time to really ask those questions about what things are like for your partner and, and to take your own judgment and take a look at that and go, why, why do I have to judge them so hard about this topic? What am I afraid of? How can this hurt me if I let my guard down and try and understand them? So we want to thank you for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoy the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the home study course, the Couple's Weekend Intensive, which is coming up this April 20th to 23rd in beautiful Colorado, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple. Look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who can benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Gonzalez.